high school. Everybody okay? Those two words have such power in evoking an image, um, or maybe more precisely, a feeling. It could be anything from wonderful, nostalgic pride to the deepest depths of thank God that's over. Kind of depending on who you are, or maybe more accurately, who you were. I think it's essential that the creators behind high school movies have not forgotten that the essential truth of growing up is, it's not easy. It may be wonderful and strange and exciting, but never easy. I'm sure you know what I mean. This episode's protagonist is a high schooler who gets dropped into the middle of 11th grade without an ounce of experience, which is just, I mean, it sounds difficult, but it's a crash course in basically Girl World 101, and oh, is that crash beautiful. Today's film, while not perfect, though at times it could seem to be, is definitely an unforgettable experience. Not too unlike high school. It's 2004's totally fetch Tina Fey written comedy, Mean Girls. Go ahead. Wow me. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. I'm your host, Ryan Graves, with my best friend in the world, Kelly McCrillis. Kelly, I watched this movie last night, and I don't know about you, but I got very nostalgic after the movie finished. Which movie? <laughs> mean Girls. Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. I got very nostalgic, and I went to bed with the loneliest feeling I've had since this pandemic started. Oh, no. Just because you weren't around all of your friends at school? Yeah. Yeah. It made me think about all the, just the culture of having your high school group of friends and being in your clique. And I haven't had that in a long time. And I really haven't had that during this pandemic. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I think, I think you and I are people who have close friends and then we have a really good time hanging out with our group of friends. But it happens a little more rarely. Yeah. But and by rarely, you mean 13 months. <laughs> yeah. Well, now especially. But man, do I miss like a group of friends that live close by because I feel like all my friends are spread out now. Do you know anyone who's vaccinated right now? Me. But you, do you know anyone else? Yes, I do. Um, you can hang out with them. Actually, a good friend of the show, Kelly, another Kelly. Um, we actually hung out today because we were, we're both vaccinated. We're both vaccinated. And the CDC says it's okay. Yeah. The CDC says it's okay. Um, I taught her a little bit how to use an editing program. You would have been proud. Um, we talked about you at one point in time and your uh, color skills. Uh, um, but yeah, it's great, but it's like, it's like going to do a one-on-one hangout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, we're um, still a ways from the big group hangout, but it's a start. It, Oh, man, it felt so good. It felt so good, right? But later this summer, we're going to party. Yeah. You know, I saw somebody post, I, I think another friend of the show, Jasmine Cottrell, posted today that she 
like wanted to get like she's like I want to get original brand or s- something about Four Loco and go crazy this <laughs> summer. <laughs> I saw Four Loco has a hard seltzer now. I'm like that doesn't count. I man, I think if I had a Four Loco, I'd die. Uh, I almost did die. I I had a Four Loco once in my life, and it was the craziest night of my life. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I for for any of our older listeners out there. Uh, Four Loco is an energy drink malt liquor. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's like if you took Old English and Monster and just fused them, right? Uh, I regretted that. What was the. Quickly. Okay. Uh, there's something embarrassing about it. Are uh, you sure you don't want to share something embarrassing? Well, the, the problem is that was one of the only nights that I can't remember oh. in my life. That's oh. how. That's oh. how crazy it got. Wait, was this in high school? No. No, I was of age. Oh, okay. It's not as cool. But high school embarrassing moments, that's uh I feel like we had a lot in this movie. Uh yeah. I think we should I think we should, you know, get to get into it. I think we should share one. Oh. I think okay. we should go round robin and um, share one. Okay, let me do you have one to start off? Because maybe I can think of one. Yeah. yeah. Uh this didn't happen during high school, but wait, I mean wait, wait. like I, it was high school aged? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was for high school. So I was at the tuxedo shop, as most sixteen-year-olds. Uh, I, I know the tuxedo do. shop. No, I'm. A, uh, was I fifteen? No, I was sixteen. Was the tuxedo shop? Did it have like two H's and an E on it? Uh, tuxedo. Shop-y. Oh right. Yeah. No, this was. Uh, this no, was I know the tuxedo. It's it's like the school. place you go to rent tuxedos mm-hmm. for dances. So f- I was planning on buying a tuxedo. And I'll, whoa, I'll explain. Whoa. Were you done growing? So I'll explain why okay. I was planning on buying it at the end of the story. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on? What's going on? So I go to the tuxedo shop. Yeah. And it was my lucky day because guess who was fitting people? One of the most beautiful women in the world that I've ever seen. And I was like, all right, this is great. Guess I, I couldn't have, I, I guess I could have guessed that. I don't, do I know her? Do you still know her? Do you know her name? No. Then how was I going to guess? Good point. So I was in there and I was like, great, beautiful lady is going to help me find a tux, which is just a, don't you, it's, a, it's such a it's such a good meet cute situation when you have someone that you're Who's someone you're who's forced to work with you yeah. and, and <laughs> they just can't escape. But they're dressing you and making you look good and, you know. Sure, sure. I, I, could, I could in the perfect situation see this going well. Is that what happened? Well, so she's like, uh, do you know your measurements? I'm like, oh, I've never, I've never got a suit before. So she does the thing where, you know, when you get measured for a suit, which makes you feel really fancy because yeah. they like measure your arms and measure your shoulder your width, shoulders, your chest, your bust, your, your butt and <laughs> your butt. Yes. Very important. Um, so it's not like she was like touching me inappropriately, but it was one of those things where when you're a 15 year old and like this beautiful woman is literally sizing you up. You're like, this is going, uh, this is nice. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something here. Maybe How? I can parlay this into something. Cause me, I think she was, give me a picture. How old was this woman? I think she was not out of the question too old for me, but probably too old for me. Like, 18, 19 years old, okay. working at this tuxedo shop. Well, so, so if you like, were 15, she was out of high school. Legally, not. <laughs> not but of it, age. it was one of those things where, you know, when you're in high school and you're meeting people that are just out of high school, and you're like, oh, I'm just not quite cool enough sure. for you. Sure, 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 sure. I know those ones. Wait, uh, that was everybody. <laughs> so, but it was still, still close enough. I'm like, maybe you're a senior. Sure. Uh, and so it was going really well. Uh, I'm getting rung up. By going really well, you mean you were getting measured? I was getting measured and not saying stupid things. Sure, yeah, yeah, I was like, I got this it. is great. This uh-huh. is great, uh, especially for me who is just a mess around girls in general. Mm-hmm. 
and so then my dad was coming to pick me up because he was the one with the money to pay for it, which is, you know, whatever. Uh, so he came in to, to pay for it. And she's like, well, you know, you got this great tuxedo now. It's It's got all, you know, all, all the stuff for it. So you can get a lot of use out of, you know, going to dances, you know, prom mm-hmm. kind of and all that. Mm-hmm. And my dad just leans in and goes, oh, no, this isn't for any dances. He's in the band. This is for band. Oh, man. And I was just like, yes, it's for a band. I'm not going to any dances with this and tuxedo you're like, that I, you got Yes, me. you're right. I'm in a band, Dad. Yeah, I'm in a band, not high school Not the band. band. The, the time when articles become very important. <laughs> so then he paid for my tuxedo, and I went on my merry way and never saw her ever again. <sighs> Probably good. No, I had a chance. <laughs> um, wait, okay, so did I? I'm. I, I know that like the whole point was getting embarrassed in front of this person, mm-hmm. which this is. I'm more interested in the tuxedo here. Oh, I still have it. Do I? Are you serious? I might. I might have the cummerbund somewhere. Are did you grow early? Uh, I was. I was large and in charge back in my days of being a high schooler. No, no. I guess I mean, did you grow to your full height I when think you were so, fifteen? Yeah, basically. Wow. I didn't get to the height I am now until I was like twenty-three. Oh. Oh. I was tiny. Well. What's your late bloomer? Yeah. Um. What's my story? What's your story? <laughs> um. Well, I promise this embarrassing story doesn't have any rogue boners in it. Like there was no boners. No, no, my last one. Oh, right, you're with, the one with the boners at the doctor's office. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, this one was uh, I was going to my first high school dance. Oh, so you got to go to the dance. I didn't get to go. To the yeah, dance. yeah, I got to go to the dance. I didn't wear a tux though. I don't remember what I wore. Hmm. Something, some clothes. Yeah. And I was having my first slow dance. Oh yeah. And then my. Out of the corner of my eye. Don't say boner. No, it's not a boner. No, especially not in this sentence. Out of the corner of my eye, I see my father. Don't say boner. No, I didn't see (laughs) my dad. (laughs) My dad showed up and I'm just like, like in my brain, I'm, I'm slow dancing with this girl who is my girlfriend at the time, or we just started dating and my dad shows up at the dance and my dad, my dad at the time was an undercover drug detective. <laughs> and hey, kids, got any drugs here? <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? What? Well, what his first move was to, like, since I saw him and he saw me see him, he said, um, he, like, walked up to me and he just, I, I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it was something like, I'm not here. I'm doing something important. You don't see me. <laughs> And I, I, then he like related to me that like there was somebody selling heroin at the school who was like um, an older person, like a twenty something, right? Who was selling heroin at the school, and they were there to do like a bust. But I, for the life of me, could not settle down during the dance, where I was already nervous anyway because this girl was a little older than me. And I was like, I didn't, you know, have a cool bone in my body. But then I also knew that there was. Not only like a huge drug bust going down at my school, but also my dad was there watching me dance. And so like, you know, Jay-Z or Usher or Rihanna starts playing. And then like my girlfriend at the time wants to, you know, dance a little bit more lasciviously. (laughs) And I am just like, oh, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not. Remember, we used to call it freaking. Um, no, grinding. Grinding. Yeah, that was another one. Um, but I I I was more into like choir kid dancing anyway, which is basically just cool dancing. Oh yeah, um, the choir kids were the cool ones. We were definitely cool. Um, but like, there were definitely times where I probably would have, you know, attempted a little bit of like, you What's know, up? sexy grinding stuff. Some sup. 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 No. Okay, it's a question. Sup. Sup? Not a real question, a rhetorical one. And I definitely couldn't. I just, I couldn't because I was like, my dad's right around the corner watching me right now. He doesn't have more important things to be doing. I mean, of all the times to have performance issues, that's the time to have performance issues. Dancing, I mean. I, I, oh, you know, oh, yeah, dancing. dancing yeah, yeah. I, I just couldn't perform in right, front of Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you, you, sure. you couldn't get up the, up the, you couldn't get up, sorry, get up the moves. I couldn't get out, get up, get on. Get on up. The get, on, get on, get on. I couldn't get on up. You can get on I couldn't get on up. You could get on Yeah. Well, that's embarrassing let's move on yeah what movie are we here to watch and talk about we're watching mean girls that's right thank god we're out of that segment uh why don't you tell me a story tell me a story turk let me tell you a story about love d'artagnan i ask you about love probably quote me a sonnet i'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories that's the end what do you mean that's the end that's not it's the beginning of something interesting listen that's the end of that saga the end mean girls starts with a wonderful actress named Lindsay Lohan. Yes, double L. Who peaked in 2004, <laughs> hey. unfortunately. I mean, Lindsay's still doing her thing now, but uh, what we, can we say? We're not, here to, we're not here to cast years. aspersions. We're talking about what happened when. But Lindsay Lohan, 2004, was at the peak of her game. Yes. Uh, she was the Zendaya of the day. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan had basically been in everything from Freaky Friday to Parent Trap to Herbie. I think there was a Herbie right. movie. Um, Freaky Friday, who is also directed by Mark Waters, who directed this movie. Oh, there you go. And yeah, she's she's basically a new kid in town. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie Heron. Katie Heron. And she recently moved here from somewhere in Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, her parents were... Not exobiologists, zoo zoologists, research zoologists, research zoologists. I think. Yeah, and she just moved back to anywhere USA. Uh, I think it's Illinois because they were going to go. They were they were talking about oh, like going Chicago, to... but they wanted to go to Madison. They yeah, her so, parents like, were going to Madison for Wisconsin, a Lady Smith Illinois Black Mambazo concert. Kind of thing, yeah, and so she comes to school, doesn't know anybody, and her first day of school is not that great. Hey. How's your first day? And then her second day of school, she meets her two besties, Janice Ian and Damien. Damien. And I like that Janice Ian, like she's got one of those names that you, it's best to use both names. Janice Ian. Janice Ian. Yeah. Um, but in the midst of becoming their friends, she's also invited to sit down at the popular girls table. With the plastics. The plastics. They're teen royalty. If North Shore was Us Weekly, they would always be on the cover. Um, who are comprised of uh, Regina George, mm-hmm. the Queen Bee. Now I'm before, because she may seem like your typical selfish, backstabbing, slut-faced hoe bag, but in reality, she is so much more than that. Uh, Gretchen Wieners. Gretchen Wieners, whose dad invented Toaster Strudel. Gretchen Wieners knows everybody's business. She knows everything about everyone. That's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. Hey, hey, um, and Amanda Seyfried. Karen. Karen. She's one of the dumbest girls you will ever meet. Damien sat next to her in English last year. She asked me how to spell orange. B. 
basically what happens is Janice Ian has some sort of vendetta against Virginia George because there's something she did that, you know, hurt Janice Ian back in the day. And so she's like, hey, we should take the opportunity to ruin Regina George's life by you pretending to be their friend. Mm-hmm. And over the course of the movie, they try to have this vengeance on on her. But slowly but surely, Katie becomes more and more like the plastics who are uncaring, aloof um, demigorgons of <laughs> the high school world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the, this whole time that she's becoming a little more plastic, she's also kind of she fell for Aaron Samuels, who is Regina George's ex-boyfriend, then current boyfriend. And then like she ends up breaking bad and she loses both groups of friends. And then what else happens? I mean, then the school goes insane because yes, because of the breaking right. bad, the the plastics has this kind of like insurrection where Regina is like um, what's the word when you de- ostracized, when exiled? You de- when you depose a king and you place a new king on it's the like, throne? It's like, okay, Regina George is basically like Napoleon, where she's exiled to Elba, but instead of staging a coup years later that failed, she blows up Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Katie stages a coup and is kind of successful. Mm-hmm. And in retaliation, yeah, Regina blows up the school from a social studies point of view. Sure. Not the class, but the <laughs> anthropological look at high school. But she basically turns every girl against all the other girls in, in school. And the way she does this is through this device called the burn book. It's our burn book. So we cut out girls' pictures from the yearbook, and then we wrote comments. And it's something that her and Gretchen Wieners and Karen wrote in all over the course of seemingly high school. Yeah. Um, and they just wrote something mean, basically, about every girl in high school in their Mm -hmm. grade like because it's only the junior girls that are dealing with this in the movie and she when she's trying to get her revenge she very cleverly writes her name and puts her picture in the book regina george does and so it just looks like katie and the other two girls are responsible for spreading this book all over the school she like photocopies the whole book and just puts papers everywhere yeah and eventually uh katie comes forward because she has a true spirit and um confesses mainly because they're about to arrest Tina Fey, who is right. not only the writer of this movie, but also is Mrs. Norberry, one of her teachers. Yep. My t-shirt's stuck to my sweater, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic. And um, then she kind of has a, what, what do you call this? Um, like, it's not a walk of shame. It's a walk of redemption. Yeah, it's the redemptive arc where she realizes that she was a dumb high schooler that hurt a lot of people and she's got to do the right thing. And so she's got to eat humble pie. Yeah. And then she gets the guy. She gets presumably ungrounded. Yeah. Um, everybody, she gets crowned um, spring fling queen, but like divvies up the crown to everybody and, and shares, gets her friends back. Shares the royalty. Yeah. So more of a parliamentary power. Right, right. It's it's a little bit more like she is the prime minister, but you know, there's other there's MPs lots of MPs. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, no worries. You, know, you, you got the the plastic party. And yeah. You got the art kids party. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's Mean Girls, everyone. Thanks for coming by. Uh, we had a great time. Roll credits. Let's talk about this movie. Yes. Okay. Um, for my money, one of the best high school films of all time. When was the first time you saw this? Ninth grade. Ninth grade. Perfect time to watch this. Was your high school very much like this high school? Kind of. Um, what I really related to is that 
it wasn't like there's the pretty popular people and then everyone else. It was like, no, there's the plastics, which somehow they have all most of the power kind of, but then there's like other clicks. Here, this map is gonna be your guide to North Shore. Now, where you sit in the cafeteria is crucial because you got everybody there. You got your freshmen, ROTC guys, preps, JV jocks, Asian nerds, cool Asians, varsity jocks, unfriendly black hotties, girls who eat their feelings, girls who don't eat anything, desperate wannabes, burnouts, sexually active band geeks, the greatest people you will ever meet, and the worst. Beware of the plastic. You were saying that there are all these cliques, and why is that different from your school? Uh... Well, I don't think we had the exact same clicks in terms of like one to one representation, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of like, yeah, my school has lots of clicks too. It's not like this, right? Like one or the other kind of situation that other stupider high school comedies do. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely had that as well in my high school. My high school felt a lot like this. Anybody from Mount Spokane, I see you, <laughs> um, where like you could pretty much map out in the, the cafeteria where everybody sat. Yeah. Like ours, we didn't really have, I mean, we didn't, ours, our, we didn't go to a very diverse high school, right. but they're like, it wasn't diversified very much by race, which this high school seems to be a little bit. Yeah. We more had like, like in succession, I could still tell you where they sit. We had like kids who are a little bit more punk, a little bit more emo. And then you had like the choir slash art kids, then band, then orchestra, then like the Mormon kids. And then like, but the Mormon kids were also kind of in band and choir. And then you had like the jocks, uh, but uh, like different pockets of jocks. And then the math nerds were on the other side next to the cowboys. And it was just like, yeah, See, it's more of a continuum. I don't think it's like separate clicks. I think it's a continuum of clicks. Where like there's a little bit of blending. There's always crossover. Yeah, like but it's like between tables. Because I always because I was in the band click because I was Mm. in band as my dad wanted to point out so desperately. (laughs) Uh, So when I was hanging out with the band click, I had friends that were more on the emo click, and Uh so I was just kind of like in closest proximity to the emo kids who were always singing either. Like My Chemical Romance or uh, what was the other one? Um, Fall Out Boy or Orange Burns Good Charlotte. Um, Or or they were nerding out about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, sure. Uh And I was like, that's cool. That's cool. That sounds fun to you guys. Did you ever um, did you ever attend Rocky Horror? No, but I've been (laughs) missing out. (laughs) That was another embarrassing high school story I could tell you, but not now. Um, but then I feel like on the opposite end of the spectrum from us were the cowboys that made no sense to be cowboys in suburban Seattle. Sure. Like, why are you guys cowboys? I was in Eastern Washington, so that it, made more sense. It made more sense, but still like the closest, it was, it was more a fashion than anything. The closest farm is a hundred miles from here <laughs> where you could get away with the whole getup. Like sure. we had an alpaca farm like down the road, but you don't get to be a cowboy because you own an alpaca farm. You're just like roping alpaca day in, day, in, day out. Uh, but yeah, that was the spectrum. And in the middle were like the jocks, the cheerleaders. Sure. Um, but we, the plastics. We got along pretty well. I didn't think there was like a class warfare. So the, I, we did for the most part as well. I, I There doesn't seem to be a, 
like a well you're saying class warfare i think you mean click warfare that yeah it's it's definitely click warfare like class i forget there's classes in high school i don't so necessarily that's think there's one here either i just think that it it, it feels very um it, it seems interclickal like warfare where it's almost like a, a civil war between each click, click. yeah because it seemed at the end of the movie the clicks got to meld into a continuum like you and i experienced well yeah but they were fixing they were fixing all the problems that were be- not between separate clicks within, but within the, the clicks. clicks and it seemed like every click had its own problems you've been acting really stuck up ever since you switched to short fielder and don agrees with me don don't drag me into this i'm pitching tomorrow yeah. and somehow the the fixing within the clicks I think the the big transformative thing was like Regina George doesn't have to be a plastic. She gets to be a part of a new clique. She gets to right. be part of something else, which well, means that the we're plastics not... are almost nothing, right? right? I mean, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like if you, oh, gosh, I don't want to. It's kind of like the concept of money is uh-huh. what the first thing I thought about. Where um, the plastics don't do anything; they're just given, or it's more like royalty. Right. It's, it's like you've done nothing necessarily to earn this except that you are hot and people like you are mean thus people want to earn your respect because you're quote-unquote popular for whatever reason that made you popular in like seventh eighth ninth tenth grade that led you up to this like 11th grade popularity you're you almost just hold on to it via a vice grip of mean and so all the plastics kind of fade out of plasticity mm-hmm. into other groups at the end. I'm trying to remember the popular people in my high school and I either I've either repressed them so much because I had negative experiences with them or they just there was just no one that popular. But it's weird because the Maybe I was the popular one. Popular? Okay. Did you no, have any? Be. Did you? No, you definitely weren't. <laughs> um you didn't go to dances. You were in band. <laughs> um the popular people in my school high school though didn't not do anything right katie also doesn't necessarily she does mathletes right and she yeah. would have been doing mathletes but the popular girls in the school are all rich yeah and they but they don't they're not like cheerleaders they're not doing any sports they're not into like debate or on class council they're just there for status yeah which is what makes them kind of evil <laughs> right this um, is the biggest like argument for bringing down the um, hegemony of the rich and bring in the new order of the socialized class. Right? Well, I mean, kind I, I, I'm, right? I mean, I'm kind right. of. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like get into a political argument here. But this, um, the representation of the plastics is like popular because they are popular. Yeah, not because they've done anything for it. Well, I think one of the big strengths of the movie is the satirical aspect to it. Yes. Cause they, cause Tina Fey is really gunning for like, especially high school culture of the day, which I think is much better today compared to 17 years ago. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that my, like I've gone and visited a couple of high schools. I'm not living in those high schools as well. So, you know, that isn't a lived experience, but yeah. our high school was probably a lot more cutting than today's high school. I want to say, I feel like, Maybe our society has gotten kinder. Is that true? I don't More know. More accepting? I think. I like, think... how many times did you get, like, were you ever, gosh, I don't even want to use words that, like, <laughs> I feel like in my high school, I was definitely bullied enough and called very specific words that probably wouldn't be allowed in today's high school. 
Yeah, I was never bullied, and I'm always like, bullying? What bullying? And I'm like, Ryan, you were like 200 pounds and 6'3". Who was going to try and bully you <laughs> That's in high a good school? That's point, I guess. <laughs> so I never, I was never privy to that, and uh-huh. so it's harder for me to... Uh, I. It's not something that I was like, right, and I've got all 100 examples, too, so... Right. Well, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm I'm not saying that today, like, high schools are perfect places to be. Right. Like, I don't know that, and I'm not going to say that. That's ridiculous to say. And that, like, for me to say that people don't experience, like, you know, mean, like, homophobic slurs thrown at you. I'm sure, of course that happens today. But, like, it, I don't know. There's, there's something about, like, going and visiting high schools today where everybody seemed so nice yeah i think uh the movie that actually started to see this difference was 21 jump street Mm. uh because channing tatum was like the popular guy in high school back in the 90s but when he starts going undercover in high school like your dad sure uh my dad wasn't to be clear my dad was not pretending to be a high school student but he was running to all these like not millennials they were a little bit beyond millennials they were like kind of the beginning Gen of Gen Z. Z. Yeah. Um, and they were like really socially conscious, really eco-conscious, yeah. a lot nicer, yeah. a lot more generous. And that's not to say that high school is that. It's just what we're show- being shown in media right now. Yeah. And like, like to all the boys I loved before, that high school compared to the Mean Girls high school, very different. Yeah. So the question is, are we in a better place or were filmmakers just more, you know, wanting to show the edgier side of of teenager dim hey teenagers then. write in because i don't Let know no we're not sure um what okay, so i i also saw this movie in high school um i think i was uh 10th grade mm-hmm. maybe 11th grade yeah i remember because you and i are a year apart but two grades apart because i was uh, the youngest in my grade and you were the oldest yeah this was one of like the coolest movies in high school oh yeah um, it's the go-to movie if you're hanging out with your friends where you watch mean girls yeah yeah and it's a safe bet. It's so good because it's it's about girl world, I want to say, more than it is a romantic comedy. Yeah. It's like being a high school girl and these are some of the problems about that we face as high school women in a satirical and a very poignant way at the same time. But all again, the reason why I come to these movies in the first place is like, I want to learn more about girl world. I'm never allowed there literally uh-huh. and this is like a portrait into it and what i see scares me <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i really like tina fey's um like at, at one point in time after all the fighting happens the principal stops the fighting and down there whoa hell no i did not leave the south side for this they all have to go to the gym and have a like a talk it out. Mm-hmm. And the principal can't handle it because the first woman that he like asks about her, like what's going on, like she starts talking about like her wide set vagina and heavy <laughs> flow. And he's like, I can't do this. And so Mrs. Norbury comes out and she has that speech. I don't know who wrote this book, but you all have got to stop calling each other sluts and whores. It just makes it okay for guys to call you sluts and whores. Mm-hmm. And there's other good reasons not to do it, but that's, I feel like that's 2004 speaking very directly to my high school yeah. is what it felt like. I still think that this is a very smart, very funny movie that is really well-directed mm-hmm. and very well-written. Uh, there were a couple parts about it that bothered me this time that didn't used to bother me in high school. Mm-hmm. Namely, and you you went to school in 
see like near Seattle, right? Yeah. So you probably had more like East Asian kids in your school than yeah. I did in Spokane. A lot. Now, tell me this, like because we have um we have basically f- four Asian actors in this film. Right. We have um Train Pack. Train Pack, the other girl who I can't remember whose coach car also sleeps with. Yeah. And then we have Kevin Kapoor, who's more like South Asian. Yeah. And then um T Pak, I think is his name. We yeah, don't get his full name. On the other kid on Mathletes, right? And um like the the two girls who are like basically like Coach Carr sleeps with maybe presumably or at least makes out with yeah. um these young women and it's like played off as a joke. And you know, at first it's like I'm like ah and I'm like, ah, well that's Definitely feeding into an unfortunate stereotype. Yeah. But on top of that, it's like these two characters don't speak English the whole movie. Right. And what's up with that? Yeah, it's weird. It makes, if it if they weren't in there and if it was just Kevin Kapoor and the other guy in Mathletes, then we would be led to believe that the Asian characters are only like math nerds and that's it. Uh, so it's it's a weird like really putting people in corners and that's kind of the point of the movie is that everyone's just part of a click and they're just kind of defined by the click they're in. Right. Um, but it's, it gets squickier when it's, when you're dealing with race stuff like that. Well, yeah, especially because when she's going at and she, they're like talking about the different clicks and they're like this race, this race. Yeah. And then like the other tables are all just a bunch of white kids who are defined by like what they're into. Yeah. And so that was one thing where I was like, this movie is expertly done, but Slightly tone deaf right there. Yeah, and I think Tina Fey is the kind of comedian who isn't super concerned and especially wasn't concerned back in 2004. 2004, no, definitely not. Not caring at all. Um, but even today, she's just kind of like, I'm going to write my jokes and you know, if you don't like them, then it's not for you. And I think she's a little bit behind the beat when it comes to social stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, she's still- I don't know about now now, but I know that that was a discussion in like 2000. 13, 14, where people were like kind of revisiting some Tina Fey yeah, jokes. Yeah. And like uh, 30 Rock gets into questionable places, but because like there's some blackface in 30 Rock where it's like, um, I know, I know the joke you're going for, but it's not a good look. It's still not a good look right now. So I don't think there's anything that Tina Fey. I don't think there's anything wrong with her in her heart. I just think she made some jokes. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I think I, I don't want to call it institutionalized, but it's definitely it, I mean, it's it's one of those writer things where it treats a certain group of people like background noise. Right. Right. And I don't know if it was it's definitely not like intentionally mean, but it is it is ignorant. Yeah, I guess. And the thing with Coach Carr, <laughs> he still gets arrested. And so it's like, yeah. there is some justice in the movie, but it's one of those jokes that they no one would have the guts to to do today. Because they're juniors, which means they're not 18. They're definitely minors in this situation. Like, I know, so I grew up in Washington, and Washington was this place where, like, legal age was technically 16. Uh-huh. Um, but still, guys. Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that just kind of shows, when you look at To All the Boys versus Mean Girls, Mean Girls is just a cutting comedy. It is. All the boys is really really soft in their humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, like, it's it's a tribute to the filmmaker and the actors that even jokes that kind of rub me the wrong way still land with a punch. Yeah, and um, and that's 
that's from any of the characters, whether it's the plastics or Katie or Kevin Kapoor or um, like the principal to Meadows. I can't remember his, his name or Tina Fey. Like all of their jokes are so funny. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the other the, the big thing, I think the movie is we know that the movie's got its heart in its right place is that it does understand what it's doing with its characters. Like with Regina, she says some really un PC things. Right. And that's the point is that she's really ignorant. She's an ignorant person. She says the word retarded in like a very pejorative sense. And the, the movie leans into that word hard. And I think it's definitely looking at the audience and being like, don't be like this. Yeah. And she's definitely homophobic. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's the whole subplot. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Where she, she is explaining to Katie why Regina George or her and Janice Ian are no longer friends. Mm -hmm. It's because they were best friends in middle school. And then she was having a birthday party after she thought that Janice Ian was gay and then was like, I, I can't invite her to a birthday party full of girls in bathing suits because she could be gay. Right. And it's like the most stupid. And Katie's just standing there just like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like her her eyes are like, I'm trying not to bleed right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like this movie is it. It's basically just holding up a mirror to. 2004. 2004. And that's... Which it, we had a bunch of problems. Yeah, and like 17, 17 years later, it feels a little aged, but that's kind of the point now. Yeah, I feel like high school movies, for the most part, can't not age. It's like comedy. Comedy has a really hard time not aging. Yeah, I bet in 10 years, people look at all the boys and like, you guys were kind of nice about things. We're well, not this way anymore. I mean, yeah, I, I think... I. <laughs> Even if it's not that, it's just like, like it's like style, right? Yeah. Like high school styles will age. Like the the style of clothes in this movie, I was just like, oh man, that feels like my high school so hard. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the first two all the boys, and like the meanest it gets is someone makes fun of Laura Jean's shoes. Like that's yeah. the meanest the movie gets. Well, they I mean, insult her shoes. No, no, it's not that. It's when um, her friend posts like a picture of her, like maybe having sex in a hot tub. Oh, right. That's yeah. It's kind of like gossipy stuff too. And you know, yeah. I mean, it's not very direct, I guess. Yeah. But like it, it, like it's a scandalous moment. Yeah, it's scandalous. But like in this movie, it's like so much worse. Yeah. Like what, what characters do to each other are mean. Cause this movie sets up from the beginning. This is about mean girls. Yeah. And, um, Katie is a really nice person, but I think she is, she's like someone who you take out drinking, who's never been like drunk before. Mm -hmm. And you know, they're like 24 and they missed the whole drinking thing. But you're like, hey, come out to a bar with me. We're going to have a great time. Right. And she's like, I've never been to a bar. And so you give her like something that doesn't taste like alcohol, like a Long Island iced tea. And she just drinks it all. <laughs> and then she, and then you're like, OK, do this shot. And she's like, that didn't taste great. And it's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Keep come going. over here. We're, we're going to have some beer now. And then you just like throw all this alcohol at her. And it kind of turns her into a crazy drunk at the end of the night because like she's. She's on her second day of school. She's not only made two friends with like the two coolest, but also like most alternative kids in the school. But then she's also 
like been roped into doing subterfuge with the most popular girls in school. The, the amount of social whiplash where the first, like this is your first day in public school. You're like first time going to school in a new country. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's, there's the boy in this movie, right? There's Aaron Samuels Mm -hmm. who is so cute. He is like Robin, Robin calls, I'm very sorry, but Robin calls, uh, like basic, guys especially in like high school movies either josh's or ryan's (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) um but i think what sets aaron samuels apart are his eyes and that hair his nice hair nice eyes murder for hair like that did you know that i have dreams sometimes where i have hair like that i'm like (laughs) it grew back (laughs) (laughs) do you ever try any of that like um that bugs bunny stuff Bugs Bunny stuff. Yeah, where he like he puts the the tonic on Elmer Fudd's hair and it oh, goes back. Oh, right. No. No, but I did go, I did go hunting once and I shot a rabbit. Whoa. Dark. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, you've never been hunting. <laughs> this Aaron Samuels guy, she falls in love with him in math class because we didn't really preface this, but she's a huge nerd. Yeah. She's like she's way really smart. into math. She's really smart. Um, oh, my favorite. One of my favorite jokes in the movie is like, why are you taking such high, good math? And she's like... Uh, well, it's it's because it's the same in every language. <laughs> and he's like, that's beautiful. Damien, Damien that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I love Damien Damien, so Damien is probably my favorite character in this movie. Um, he has some of the best lines. Danny DeVito, I love your work. <laughs> he's so good. Glenn Coco, fall for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. Uh. Um, but Katie falls in love with Aaron, and she does that that thing where she, and I think, again, this is talking to women specifically, in 2004, she dumbs herself down so that she has an excuse to hang out with Aaron. Yeah. Where, and like, that's, hey, people out there, don't dumb yourself down. Be yourself. Yeah, be yourself. People will love you for, like, who you are and what you try to do, not who you aren't. But I really love the movie's style of showing the crush of what it's like sitting behind him. Very and much when he so. turns around, it's like, <gasps> I get a good look at the person that I think is so cute. Oh, my gosh. I remember that so vividly. I had this curse, and I think, I think I still have this curse, where even if it's not somebody that I'm like attracted to necessarily, but I just want to see the front of them, just mm-hmm. to see their face. But like I start out seeing them from like the back or behind uh-huh. and, and I'm like looking at this person. I'm like, okay, turn around, turn around. And I like walk over one way and they turn the opposite direction. I'm like, <laughs> and I, so turn I walk around. around the other way and they tur- turn the other way. I feel like when I was sitting behind people in school that I wanted to like, that I had a crush on, it was always that where they were always facing the opposite direction, but that's the way the desk was facing. I think my trick was I, they were always near the clock. And so I was like, what, 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 what time is it? And I would look over. <laughs> what are you and talking then, about? When what, you're like the, you wait, you the, only had crushes on people near clocks. Basically, that's how it. Maybe that's why I had crushes are you a time on lord. Them. Yeah, <laughs> but that's how uh, that was that's one a of very my, specific kink. That right? was one of my strategies to sneak a look at the girl that I thought was cute. Is that she was near the clock, so I could like you know be like, well, I I'm not go, staring at you. I'm just seeing what time. I want to go is. back in time and put a wristwatch on you <laughs> so that you could just do it anywhere. You'd just be like, oh. Stretch looking at my clock. Perfect. I was never that smart. Um, but I, I do like the moments where like they they only talk to each other once every like couple months where right. she's like the first time he asked me what time it was. <laughs> it felt very high school. Yeah. We get that Katie is so genuine because she he invites her to his Halloween bash. Mm-hmm. And she's the only girl there that doesn't dress up as 
in lingerie. Hot girl. Yeah. She doesn't dress up as a hot girl for Halloween. She dresses up as, uh, <laughs> as she says, an ex-wife. Very good. Who he thinks is an undead bride. Very good. It's very good. And then Regina George, who I think is psychologically one of the most evil, especially for her age, characters that we've run into on this show. Yeah, she's a sociopath. For sure. She basically sabotages the relationship before it can happen and then dates Aaron Basically because she's jealous. Yeah. She's yeah. very selfish. And um, shout out. Oh, Rachel McAdams. Shout out to Rachel McAdams. She's 27, I think, in this movie. Okay. Family Stone, 2005. Right. So basically she goes from playing a senior in high school to- Like a post-collegiate- Yeah, kid who's back home. Like she, this this woman has so much range. Yeah. Like it's it's- unfathomable how good of an actor she is and i really do think like at the end of family stone she is the like kind of the new upcoming matriarch of that family yeah i would not be surprised if when she's diane keaton's age she's doing diane keaton roles yeah, please yeah please Ugh. but um, i need father of the bride three reboot it <laughs> uh back to the relationship uh katie is basically trying to get Aaron Samuels as part of her, as part of Janiceian's revenge to break up with Regina. Do you ever stop and think about why Katie's just being Janiceian's like uh, weapon of choice, <laughs> like being the destroyer of worlds? Well, you know, I think I think she just wants to be accepted, and Janiceian's like, "Hey, I'll like it if you do this for me." Well, I think it all stems back to this very important moment beginning in like early on in the film where. Um, she has no friends her first day of school, right? And she eats in the bathroom. Did you ever eat in the bathroom in high school? Eat in the bathroom? No. I definitely did. Under the stairs. Freshman year. Plenty of times. Were you Harry Potter? No, I was friends with janitors. Cool. (laughs) He was high school too. The janitor was in high school? Yeah, so it made sense. It wasn't- Was he held back? It wasn't like I was hanging out with a creepy 47-year-old. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, But she- she doesn't have any friends the first day. And then the second day, Janice and Damien are like, hey, come out to the back building with us. And they skip class together. Mm-hmm. And nothing feels cooler and more dangerous than skipping class with a couple people who don't seem worried about it. Yeah. And at one point in time, she's like, aren't we going to get in trouble? And Janice is like, why would we get you into trouble? We're your friends. Which is psychologically devious on another level because, A, they just met. They're not friends. But the, she makes it, I mean... It's an invitation, but it's It's almost, an invitation to be trusted. She's like, will you come into this web of yeah, mine? Yeah, but she she doesn't, like, very... I think this is very intentional on Tina Fey's part. She doesn't say, she doesn't say, like, no, no, don't worry about it. We won't get in trouble. Like, like we want to be your friends. Like, it, it's not said like that. It's, we're your friends. Why would we get you in trouble? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something where it almost feels like Janice Ian is like, ah a hot girl I can use like almost like she's Machiavellian enough to use Katie from the beginning. The movie doesn't tell us that. No, but um, I think, but Janice definitely sees the opportunity when the plastics want to talk to Katie and she's like, finally, yes, my revenge. <sighs> it's, it's all coming together. It's kind of like in cop movies where you've got a cop and a cop's like, Oh, I ran into this mob family and the detective's like, I'm putting you in. What do you mean you're putting me in? You're undercover You're now. undercover. Your whole life is going to be horrible. <laughs> um, mean Girls is basically the departed of high school films. <laughs> you know, see, Bill, like, you're the new guy. 
It couldn't, it, you know, it's never been better said. <laughs> um, but I think because of that, like, she's like, oh, I find, I have friends. I don't want to lose this. Yeah. I, I, like she's she imagined after her first day of school, she has that fear that we all have where we see everybody else has friends in high school, mm-hmm. but I don't, which makes me an outlier. I don't ever want to go back to that again. And so if she just not out of pressure, I mean, it kind of out of pressure, but you know, like Janice is like, we have to do this. And Katie's like, I don't know. And she's like, we have to do this. And she's like, okay. They make a pretty good case that she's an evil dictator. I can't remember sure. what the incident is to show Katie's like, yeah, this is worth doing. She's being recruited. Oh, it's because, because she sees Aaron Samuels stolen away from her. And she yes. realizes Regina really is just a sociopathic evil dictator who will yes. take what she wants. And, and that's where unfair. they make the plan to take down a dictator, where they literally call her a dictator. Yeah, and for Katie, it's kind of like she has equal motive. Like, both Katie and Janice Ian have been hurt by Regina, and they're like, right. let's bring her down, which yeah. is such a mean girl's thing to do. Like, that's the thing. Janice Ian, you're a mean girl, too. Yeah, because Janice Ian calls out Katie for being a mean girl, and Katie does become more of a mean girl than Janice, for sure. Like, Janice... Janice... Uh, <laughs> Janice was not born into it. Like she has been created like, right. Like she's created by the world and how hard it was to her. Whereas Regina George was born into being a mean girl and Katie more was coerced. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean the, like that's why the ending of this movie is so beautiful where they all have found their place and are okay it's not about being popular anymore. It's not about having power. It's about fitting in with the people that you like. Yeah, except for um, Gretchen Wieners. Gretchen Wieners, who, who just joins a different clique. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Have you learned anything, Gretchen? No, we went through not. so much. <laughs> um, Let's yeah. take a break. Oh, wait, wait. We didn't finish the Aaron Samuels. Oh, he's hot. He's hot, and they're together, and he's he goes to college now. <laughs> I mean, I like that he this I, I, I just want to say that I like that Aaron Samuels enjoys genuineness right. because he goes to her party after she's become basically completely plastic and finds her room and is just like, this place is awesome. And then he sees her. There's the picture of her with the other plastics. And he's like, eh. but yeah, then he looks at the other picture where she's with an elephant or something. And yeah. He's like, hey, cool. Cool. And he when he finds out that she lies and you know, starts telling him to shut up like Regina did. He's just like, no, like he can really see through people. Yeah. And I think when they're together as two people who are like when she's not plastic anymore, I feel like they make a good couple. And I think he's a high school senior. So he's like starting to get like that forward thinkingness of like high school is dumb. Yeah. And, it's, and yeah, life isn't like just high school it's way bigger than as this. regina george says all he cares about is his mom and his family and his friends and his grades is that bad? <laughs> okay all right you want to take a break let's take a break okay i'm gonna refill my tea mm. and we're back and we're we're excited to do another round of trope talk it's like baby talk but with more screaming <laughs> ah, very good <laughs> Because I don't know about y'all other babies out there, but my baby scream. <laughs> um, yeah, gosh, wouldn't it be great? Like, okay, but I feel like if you have a baby and they don't like... Do I have a baby? He's one now. So I don't know if you should call him a baby baby. 
He acts like a baby. I, I mean, I call him baby when he's like crying there. I'm like, you baby. And I just leave him there. And then, you know, I wait 45 minutes to let him just, you know, cry or whatever. And then I'm like, he's still crying. He's still crying. You know, You're such a baby. I don't, I don't do that. Doorman. I do not do that. I, I feel like if a baby screams or doesn't scream, they make up for it in something. Like maybe they're a, a massive pooper if they don't scream. Or if they don't sleep, then at least they don't scream. The good thing about the massive poops is that you always get warning with massive grunts right beforehand. Because <laughs> they are not good at veiling what they're up to. Hey, like son, like father. What? <laughs> uh, so what's what's this trope that we have here? Uh, I think I, I think in general, talking about high school movies is probably the trope. I think so as well. Because, because it's a subgenre, really. It is. And we, we touched on this the first time we talked about um, To All the Boys. Mainly it was out of frustration, though, because it it was unlike a lot of high school movies that I had come to like over the years, mainly because it, it didn't feel like high school. And maybe that's the point that we already touched on is that it's like, well, yeah, it's not going to get at your high school experience. I, I feel like a lot of high school movies, though, are universally get at what it feels like to be a high schooler. Mm-hmm. And part of the point of movies like To All the Boys it's it's not so much steeping you in that life. It's more, what does it feel like to be Laura Jean? Right. And the, the high school hijinks that she gets into are not mutually exclusive to high school. This could have happened. I mean, I, could, I don't see a 45-year-old doing this, but. It could just as easily happen like uh, as a young intern at an office or right. in college or in elementary school, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, not not the making out in the, uh, in the hot tub thing, I guess, do that. but. I think the good high school movies again I'm I'm kind of questioning it. I'm like I feel like maybe the high school movies have been like gaslighting us in a certain sense of like making us feel like it's the universal thing when it really isn't. So it's like art determining real life. Uh what do you mean? Well, you're are you saying that like you know, our high school wouldn't have been so much like Mean Girls if Mean Girls didn't exist. No, no, it's more like I feel like Mean Girls feels like a pretty universal film, but I wonder if 17-year-olds today are like, what is this? Like, like the the world that's depicted in Mean Girls isn't going to really reflect back to 17-year-olds, or maybe it does. I, I don't I'd know be if, curious. I don't know if the world does, and I, I think that's the thing that we were saying about how high school movies kind of have to move on from what they used to be. Yeah. But I, I do think the feeling of not knowing who you are and the pressures that come from wanting to fit in are something that is universal even outside of high school. It's kind of what growing up is sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the things that I didn't get from a, like, cause Laura Jean is supposed to be so unique, right? She likes eighties movies and she likes romance books and uh, like has some quirky fashion, mm-hmm. but it's not like she ever feels like she's alone in this struggle or that like, there's a lot of pressure on her to do anything. It's just like, she's kind of moving through life. Yeah. And she's just figuring things out. But like, if I'm watching, like, let's take something a little more dramatic, like perks of being a wallflower, mm-hmm. there is struggle, right? And it's not because of like a miscommunication, there's struggle to figure out not only who you are, but like how you want to handle who you are, who you can divulge who you are to. And I feel like Katie's story is really cool like that because she's a mathlete, right? Mm -hmm. Or she wants to be. Or she feel like she should be. (laughs) 
Well, kind of all three of those, right? Yeah, yeah where, that's what's great about it. Where like she's like into math, and then you know Kapoor comes up and he's like, "I'm an MC." Yo, yo, yo! All you sucker MCs ain't got nothing on me. From my grades to my lines, you can't touch Kevin G. I'm a mathlete. So nerd isn't bird, but forget what you heard. I'm like James Bond the third. Shush, shake and not stirred. I'm Kevin the poor. The G is silent when I sneak in your door. I make love to your woman on the bathroom floor. I don't play like Shaggy. You'll know it was me. Because the next time you see her, she'll be like, oh, Kevin G. Thank you, Kevin. That's enough. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> I love him. Um, and uh, Kevin G. G. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think Robin laughed the most at that part of the movie. <laughs> Thank you, um, Kevin. <laughs> You Puerto Rican? <laughs> Lebanese. I feel that. <laughs> this movie, I think this movie is the most quotable movie we've seen. Yeah. Um, by say, far. Say crack again. Crack. crack. <laughs> what, was, what were you talking to Janice Ian about? I don't know. She just walked up to me and started talking about crack. <laughs> Makes sense. Anyway, uh, Katie like gets approached by Kevin. He's like, you should join the mathletes because, you know, we could use a girl in the squad. Plus we get like double funding or something yeah. like that. And she thinks about it and then has something else to do. And then so skips it then, I think, or Miss Norbury's like, yeah, think about it. And she's like, kind of excited. She's like, okay, sounds good. I've got enough encouragement. So she's being steered towards something that she's already a little interested in. Mm -hmm. And then the plastics are like, that's social suicide. They intervene. And we never see other social suicide. Like, Really, they're just saying... We're not watching the movie 13. (laughs) No, but they're saying, we won't hang out with you if you do that. Yeah, well, yeah. they're (laughs) Right? Because it's not like Janice Ian would stop hanging out with Katie if she joined the Mathletes. Janice Ian will still hang out with her. No, but I think very importantly, they also say, no, you can't. It's social suicide. Does... Yeah, because they like they're in the mall at Janice Ian's like lotion and body shop, and oh right, and then Miss Norbury comes up. She's like, "You joining the Mathletes?" Damien says it's social suicide. Exactly. I forgot about that. Right, and so like I feel like she ends up not joining the Mathletes because she's dissuaded everybody by both else camps. gives her opinions. Yeah, yeah, and she can't please everybody. And I feel like a nice person, especially a young innocent person like her, like I used to be, very much wants to please somebody like like i feel like nobody necessarily cares about me so maybe i can please somebody yeah and you just want to be liked yeah in high school that's the most universal truth of any high schooler is that you want someone to like you anyone just someone like you please yes and like when you find your crew like it when did you when did you like find your group of people in high school i got really lucky because it was really early on it was like basically junior high that morphed into high school Mm. and it was kind of it was through church so it wasn't uh relegated to high school because we had some friends who went to other high schools cool what about you um i so i went to a k through eighth grade school Mm -hmm. that had 60 kids in it through all eight of those grades nine of those grades because kindergarten as well and so my graduating eighth grade class had three people, two including <laughs> myself. And uh, a lot of the other kids who went to my high school were kind of like you, where they had like seventh grade or even elementary school relationships that were kind of coming into high school with them. Yeah. And so at least there was like a lubricant between middle school and high school. Yeah. And so I started in ninth grade and I didn't know anybody. I like read 
fantasy books mm-hmm. and like I listened to Kenny Loggins. Yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't a super cool kid. Then like my I made freshman basketball and the B squad, not the A squad. And then like kids started playing basketball at lunch and I had a basketball. So I brought a basketball to school. So I was a kid holding the basketball at school, the last half of ninth grade. And then in 10th grade, I eventually second semester joined choir. There you go. And choir is where I found my people. And, and so that's where year- you got to enjoy Moulin Rouge without me. Yes, I did. Um, I really, for a year and a half, I didn't have any friends at high school. And I, I tried, but I think it was part partially pride, partially like not knowing who anybody was and not being confident enough to be like, hi, I'm Kelly. Can I be your friend? Which, you know, I would do today. Well, that's how I was in grade school. I, I, I didn't really have friends in grade school. Um, and I remember that being a big struggle. And my uh-huh. dad printed out business cards for me. Yes, that's so cool. Your dad <laughs> he, saving the day this time he when he me, dashed your he hopes in me, high school. He gave me business cards. He's like, here, take these. If you meet someone, give them your card and say, hey, here's my card. <laughs> I remember being in first grade and thinking, dad, that's dumb. <laughs> Dude, I but, did not try that. So you know my Han Solo business card holder? Yes. That he's frozen in carbonite. It's such a Imagine cool card if you holder. had that then. I know. You would have gotten so many friends. That works so well. But anyways, high school movies. High school movies. I think I think the struggle is real should be it should be the subtitle of every single high school movie. Like you make a high school movie and maybe it's not the perfect subtitle, but somebody will nod and be like, "Yeah, that makes sense. I saw that movie. Struggle is real." You reminded me Katie reminded me of you only in the sense of means well, but you're... I threw up on your shoes once. <laughs> but you're not nearly as impressionable as her. You're just kind of like, ah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going to like go sabotage that person for you. But I, I would imagine you in the same situation. You're like, hey, I just want to hang out. Like, what's, what's the big deal, guys? Let's, sure. let's all just hang out. I So I want to extend my metaphor from before of her drinking. Right. Everybody makes a an impression of how pretty she is like Janice and is like, you're super pretty. Then Regina George is like, you're really pretty. Mm-hmm. And like even Damien, I think at one point in time is like, like your hair is amazing. Yeah. And so it's this person who is just really nice and sweet, but she pretends to be, she puts on this mask of who she isn't and slowly becomes this mask. Right. Yeah. And I honestly think that like she had a harder time of it because she's also very pretty. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying like, ah, you're pretty that, you know, it, it's got to be rough being beautiful. But I think if you are both innocent and you have this untapped power that you've never used before and you slowly start slipping over into the evil side of things mm-hmm. being beautiful lends to that power. <laughs> I'm just thinking when I was in high school, I definitely wasn't beautiful. I had no looks to like work off of, but I was a good drummer. And <laughs> that was the only thing that gave me social like cachet is like, it's cool. I'm the cool drummer. <laughs> I can be here. It's fine. I, I'm allowed at this, like whatever social function. Yeah. I don't have a lot to do. But just please let me in. I can Dude, play drums. It's cooler than anything I could do in high school. It's great. You you're in choir. You had some you had some cachet. Yeah, but I wasn't like like in choir. You're not like the singer. Yeah, you're, you're just like one of the singers, the singers, and I definitely wasn't one of the best singers. Right, but it was still fun. Notable mentions for other great high school movies. I just want to say, yeah. while we're in the trope, ten things I hate about you, mm-hmm. which de facto is more universal because they're doing Shakespeare. They're doing Taming of the Shrew. Sure. So. 
uh, also great. Also, that was made in 1999, and that still felt pretty recognizable to me and for my high school. So it's like there is that. It was based in Seattle. There is that era of like eh, late 90s could transport to like 2005 ish. Yeah, just not with the clothing. stuff. Yeah, or yeah. the technology. Um, and then Breakfast Club probably is the best one. Uh, as as I've written about, it, it has other things that haven't aged well, but. You know, it's still, it's... It captures the essence we were talking about. Like, with Ali Sheedy, she would be, in 1999, she would be the goth girl. She wouldn't be, like, the freak. She would be, like... I mean, because they play with archetypes it is yeah. something that, like, people can latch on to no matter, like, what age right. they are. Yeah, and they do that not in either, not another teen movie. They do, like, that's all they make fun of is the different archetypes in teen movies. Mm. And I think you just kind of change things around... But it's essentially the same, that you always have the jock, the burnout, the princess. They just look a little different every decade. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have any other honorable mentions for high school movies? I mean, like I said earlier, Perks of Being a Wallflower, I think, is massively wonderful. Um, I'm sure there's others. I can't think of any right now, though. Do you hear that? No, I I don't hear anything. Oh, what is that? What is that? It's the education train! Hey! Hey, education train engineer! Hey, kids! What do do you want? Well, I just heard that there were a couple of really well-written essays these days on your guys' Patreon. (gasps) Yeah, there is. Uh, thanks for stopping by and letting everybody know. No problem. Tally ho! <laughs> there they go. Bye, train man. The train, if you guys are wondering, looks just like the magic school bus. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's um, I don't know why they call it a train. Um, it's just but they a took school off, bus. They, they definitely took off the tires and put it on tracks. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I think he was here to talk about... I don't know why he left. <laughs> he, Did he leave anything? Yeah, he left. Oh, hey, it's it's an essay. Hey. Hey, and it's, it says Patreon on it, and it has this big stamp. That's very cool. Thanks. I, I, I We should have gotten his name. I think it was Train Man. Let's let's ask him next time. Okay. Like, I just called him Train Man, and I feel kind of bad, because, like, maybe... Maybe, maybe he's he like, left. We're more than... Yeah. He fend- probably left. Fend- he's like... I've got a name. I don't know his identity. <laughs> I just labeled him Train Man. Yeah. So uh, this this essay that he dropped off, um, it's uh, hey, let me hand it to you. What's oh. it? What's it about? Uh, here. Oh, great. Can you rip open the case that it's um that's in? Uh, yeah. Here, just. There. Great. Okay, what's in there? Um. Well, uh, the first page is a ripped piece of paper. Oh shoot! Did it uh, say anything? So let me just. Piece it back together. Okay, I can see it now. Okay. I can see it now. Uh, it's an essay by you. Oh, well, I, c- I guess I could have just printed that out myself. Thanks, train man. And you basically—I've uh, actually read this beforehand. <laughs> oh, so you could have just talked about it? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you can reference it via your your newfound torn piece of paper. But I really like it, anyways. Oh, okay. It's about you. Basically, write about um, the question, "How are you?" and what what people actually mean when we say that, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm you're you're kind of like putting together like when we say how are you we're not meaning we could just be cordial about it but we really want to know when we're asking someone we really 
are and care we, about. Yeah, we're we're not asking like what's your condition of this current moment. You're really saying what's up with your world right now. Right. Yeah. What's, what's going on? And you reference Bilbo Baggins, which is just great. And then I texted you about it, and then we got into an argument about whether Luke Skywalker was Hamlet esque and what makes Hamlet esque. And uh, as you can tell, it was thought provoking. <laughs> yeah. And so, if you want to read a little bit more about that, because I was I was kind of talking about like why why it's important to ask that question, but more important to ask what do you want from a character that you're writing in, in screenplays? Um, you can go check that out. I make reference not only to Bilbo Baggins, but Anne of Green Gables, the Gilmore Girls, all the classics. Um, and you can check that out on our Patreon. Um, and you can find us at patreon.com backslash romcom gents, where we also have um, a new uh, a bonus episode up this week, right? Wonder Woman! Wonder Woman! And... Our intent was to talk about the movie Wonder Woman from 2017, but a lot of it is just Kelly educating me about the lore of I'm Wonder so Woman. I'm so sorry. No. We, we really didn't talk about Wonder Woman. I think it's really fascinating, and I was, I'm not a comic book person. I'm almost anti-Marvel at this point, and I just thought it was so cool learning about all these different things that were going on. That For the DC comic. Yeah, and it kind of enlightened me about what's going on with the Wonder Woman movie, and kind of enlightened me of, like, there's so much baggage when you're making a comic book movie now. I cannot imagine I can't imagine because I've thought about it a lot, but like for anybody who isn't into comic books, making a comic book movie, like, but there's eighty years, eighty years of history when it comes to Wonder Woman. How yeah. do you how do you respect that legacy and tell something new at the same time? Yeah, how do you make a choice that half of the fandom isn't going to hate? Yeah, so go to our Patreon where Kelly will teach you about Bilbo Baggins, Anne of Green Gables, and Wonder Woman, and I teach you about some stuff. I think uh, your last one was um, about Tom Hanks and what other roles he would have been good in that he wasn't in. It's very important. It's I think it's one of the funniest articles I've ever read. <laughs> um, yeah, and our our movies this week, you can go on there and vote uh, for the low low price of two fifty a month. You can decide what we watch at the end of this month. We have the best man. We have you get get us some Tay Diggs. <laughs> Tay uh, Tay Diggs. Uh, what else have we got? I can't remember. Always be my maybe. Down with Love. And the other one was you. The other one, it was your movie. I said always be my maybe. I got it right here. I'm going to look at our Patreon. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Why didn't the train man tell us? <laughs> Return to me. Return to me. That's right. David Duchovny. David Duchovny gets a heart. And you guys picked Whisper the Heart this month, past month, so that's what we did last week. So again... You get to be the decider of our fates. Yeah, please. Please decide our fates. Don't let the train man run our lives. <laughs> anyway, that that's uh, the the education station where the train man drops off I feel posts. like he should have sang a song. Like you Maybe know, he will next week. Uh, what's that Schoolhouse Rock song? All of them. He could have <laughs> sang any of the Schoolhouse Rock. Uh, Ryan, tell me please, just so that we can escape this this area of our lives. Uh, what rom-com Oscar you're going to give to this movie? I'm giving it best writing because I think it's a sharp script. It's got some flaws, but its flaws are human. It's not poorly written as from a formal point of view. It's just got some PC flaws that kind of, you know, show its age a little bit. Sure. The way that it's more horrendous when you're watching Goldfinger and you see James Bond spank a woman. You're like, no, 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 no. We don't, we do not do that. No. Stop. (laughs) Uh, The first time anybody has compared James Bond and something Tina Fey has written. (laughs) 
but the formal structure of the script is fantastic. There's lots of, uh, there's so much foreshadowing, like so the, much. They're always talking about getting hit by a bus. Katie almost gets hit by a bus at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of stuff like that. And this was adapted, wasn't it? It was adapted from a nonfiction book, but the really it's just adapting the Conceits, ideas. Yeah. But there's not any s- story. It's not or really one to one. Yeah. No. And what's interesting is that Tina Fey was like, oh, in high school, I was the mean girl. And we're like, you, Tina Fey? She's like, I was the mean girl. Yeah, she writes an entire episode of 30 Rock about this, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just the formalism of like the crown being made of plastic and she like shatters the plastic, just all all those visual metaphor stuff. It's it's fantastic. It's it's like it's something that you could write essays about. Yeah. Maybe we will this week on our Patreon. Maybe Find out. Will. Maybe the train man will come. <laughs> I'm the trade man. I, I, feel, I feel like <laughs> the train man's song. like, let's revisit this episode a year from now and see if the train man's like evolved yeah. into like a murderer or something. <laughs> um, wow. That's a great, 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 great Oscar, Ryan. I think this movie has the best villain. Ooh, best villain. Because Regina George is, she's kind of understandable ish. Like she, she, she's evil. She's really good at what she does. She's really good at what she does. We get a glimpse into what her like house life is like. She is the definition of a spoiled brat who gets anything she wants. Mm-hmm. And she is a ultimate manipulator who like did not have any strong family values. And I'm not I'm not like moralizing for family values right now or anything, but we can definitely tell where you could moralize for moral values. It doesn't have to be in the family. (laughs) Sure. Where like her, she says that she bullied her parents out of their room at one point in time. And which is objectively mean. (laughs) Oh, we didn't even talk about Amy Poehler. Hey, 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 how are my best girlfriends? Hey, Mrs. George. Yeah. The, the psycho mom. Yeah. Maybe not psycho. No, but but she's definitely like a mom that if her daughter was into beauty pageants, she'd be all over that yeah. beauty pageant. And that's where the satirical stuff comes in, especially with Regina's family, is that her younger sister is watching like Girls Gone Wild commercials and is yeah. absolutely getting sexualized by these music videos and commercials in general, which is totally true about 2004 culture. Yeah. And like she, like we never see the daughter not watching a like the television right and doing exactly what's on the television right yeah and the mom has like these fake boobs and she's desperately trying to stay young and is uh-huh. desperately trying to imitate the fashion of high schoolers and will do whatever she can to make her daughter happy like yeah. to the point where she walks in on her and her boyfriend having sex and she's <laughs> like you guys need anything a condom a drink well let me know you keep me young yeah amy Poehler pulls it off brilliantly so well and this is before parks and rec oh yeah like just thinking about amy Poehler like just being on the rise right now yeah she was just an snl chum with yeah. tina fey yeah just an snl chum okay she was she was the weekend update anchor with her so they got they had it going on so yeah best villain boo you whore and we also since we get to be her friend in the movie as well we get like a peek behind her machinations a little bit so like at one point in time she's like oh my god i love your skirt where did you get it uh, it was my mom's in the 80s. <gasps> Vintage. So adorable. Thanks. <laughs> that is the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. Oh my God, I love your bracelet. Where did you get it? And you can just see this facade, this mask that she wears just to keep power over other people. It's it's one of those things where, again, 
What's what's that Will Ferrell's Ferrell line? You sit on a throne of lies. It's one of those things where it proves why the script is so good is because I'm thinking about the director who's he directed Freaky Friday, which is not a memorable movie. No. Um, and with this movie, it is memorable because the script just kind of like the moments are just there. He doesn't have to do anything. Just like shoot it. And it's it's just ready to go. You don't have to put in any extra effort. into Right. It. Yeah. And it's it's all in the script because like the I think the the directing is good i don't think it's out out of this world or anything but like it serves the screenplay it serves the screenplay very well and and the actors are great that's what william goldman says like if you got a great script and you got the right actors and the right parts you're almost there yeah you're, you're like 90 so percent of the way um all right well i guess we can go home now no i need to know one thing though what who would you love are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends. The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I know. Man, I had a huge crush on Lindsay Lohan when I was a kid. A mm-hmm. huge crush on Lindsay Lohan. Definitely not Regina George. No. Lindsay Lohan's pretty great in this in this movie before and after she's a plastic. I think I'm gonna go with her dad. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Flynn. Neil Flynn is one of the funniest men in the industry. He's so funny. Neil Flynn if- is so good, but he's under under underused so underused um he is the janitor from scrubs Mm -hmm. he like i could have i could have gone with damien in this as well because damien's kind of awesome i also like kevin kapoor and janice ian like they're all good but her dad doesn't know what grounding is (laughs) and the way he grounds her is so soft and nice yeah and i don't know i just i wish there was more of him and so i kind of fell in love with him in this movie and her mom is um anna gastire anna gastire from snl Mm -hmm. You, you know, it's always a safe bet to go with some SNL alumni. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, the person I would fall in love with, this was tough because I've definitely had a big crush on Gretchen Wieners. Or not Gretchen Wieners, the character, but the girl who plays her. I think she's gorgeous. Um, out of the out of the th- four, out of the three original plastics, you're a Gretchen Wieners guy? Definitely Gretchen Wieners. So uh, of the characters, because you have to go characters. I mean, Gretchen Wieners is probably the most innocuous because Regina's evil. Sure. And Karen is, there's not a lot to Karen. You're really nice, Karen, but I don't think we'd have much fun. There isn't, but she is nice. She's very nice. So I'm, I'm more of a Karen guy. That's personally. funny about Karen is that she's she's a nice girl that's swept up into the mean plastics. She, I mean, she, she's kind of like what Janice Ian says. There's like people who do evil and people who's like... You know, does she says the classic line about like if you stand by and watch evil, you're also evil, right? And, gosh, that was the most George Bush I've ever been. But that is the um, most precise <laughs> summation of like, especially in in any age of just like, if you if you see something, do something. But that sounds also very George Bush too. <laughs> but but <laughs> shit. Um, but Karen, Karen is nice. She is she is but the she, nicest of them. But she, she doesn't have the wherewithal to say. Hang on a minute. Yeah, maybe you guys we are shouldn't be mean. doing this. Boo, you whore. <laughs> um, but I also have a big crush on Lizzie Kaplan, who plays Janice Ian. Yeah. Also. Yeah. I. I uh, but I'm talking about the characters in this movie. Yeah. 
because I had a, I have a huge crush on Lizzie Kaplan, but the characters in this movie. Well, I'm really asking my high school self, who would you most likely ask out to go to a movie or something? Probably, I would probably have a crush on Katie. Yeah. But be too intimidated by how awesome she is to do anything about it. Yeah. And I would ask Janice Ian because she's more approachable and we would likely be friends anyways. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. Because like Janice Ian... She's in the art crowd, so and I was that's in, where I was in band, so yeah. we were in the same wing. So uh-huh. I like I would like run into her all the time, sure. kind of thing, and like maybe we would be doing stuff. She she'd come see you in the band, and you'd come to her art show in Chicago. Yeah, where were where's the art show? I think Chicago. Maybe it was in the same city they were in. Yeah. I don't know. I think do we have? Was there maybe a letter? Was there? <laughs> Uh, no, no, no letters this week, but we did have a couple more people review us on iTunes and that was really nice. And I'm just going to put an all call out. Anybody listening to this, if you could possibly give us a review on iTunes, oh my gosh, that would make our day. Just like, open the phone. You're on the phone now. You, you got iTunes open. Just yeah. Put a little five star next to it. You're done. Yeah. It's it's the Apple podcast app is the, the place to do it. And it really means a lot because it gets us in front of more eyes and then we can do more stuff because we have more audience members and we're looking for sponsors at the moment. And, you know, we're in 40 countries right now, but like the more we Gotta can get those 41 numbers. Yeah. The Gotta more we can do this. Really want to be in Burundi. <laughs> all right. Uh, so Ryan, what are we watching next week? He is scrolling. He is highlighting all of our movies. We really got to pare down the, the blanks on our list. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I'm gonna go with, uh, bu- 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 I'm gonna go with eleven because that was the grade they were in. Mm, nice. We are dealing with a classic, Kelly. We are doing Groundhog Day. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Uh, can can I make a confession? What? Did so, you just watch it? No, but I brought it when we were on the Hallmarkies podcast not that long ago. Uh-huh. Go listen to the Hallmarkies podcast, by the way. They're Hallmark- great. Love you, Hallmarkies. I, that was one of the movies I brought, but I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to refresh myself. So I watched it one and a half speed. <gasps> I've never done that for a movie before, but I didn't have time that day. Right. And so I just, I had to watch it. Well, now you're going to watch it at normal speed. Yeah. Can we, can we watch it together? Maybe. I got it on 4K Blu-ray, baby. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. 4K Blu-ray, physical media forever. Phil, we're gonna see you in high def. See, they Phil Connors, baby. Punks, Punks, Katani. Punks, Katani, Phil, and Phil Connors. So, uh, movie was thinking. I love you, Ryan. I love you more than the Train Man. <laughs> the Train Man, really? I love you way more than the Train Man. That guy's creepy. <laughs> He'll be back. Don't tell him I said that. Well, I love you. More than Kevin G loves a good rap song and a good factorial. Oh, nice. My love for you is like the answer that Katie gives for the question. Mm. The limit does not exist, Ryan. The limit does not exist to my love. And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. 
to see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom coms. Thanks, sucker. Oh, peace. Hello, computer. Hello, computer.